Yo, what's going on? This is the Highly Advised Podcast, episode 85. I am here with one of my friends, one of my co-hosts, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the living embodiment of knowledge himself. If you look in the sky and you think that somebody's watching you, it probably is him. Big Cozy, too cozy. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for the great introduction. Shouts out to everybody who has listened to our podcast from episode one. And shouts out to everybody that has listened to our podcast to episode 85. It is yours truly, the living embodiment of knowledge, your master, your superior, the man that you must be on your knees and pray to for, (laughs) for a piece of knowledge. Big cozy, too cozy, the greatest, the flyest, the smartest, the all-knowing, the most charismatic being you have ever thought of in existence. It's me. Make sure you follow me at Big Cozy, Too Cozy. Make sure you follow the Highly Advised Podcast, too, on Instagram at the Highly Advised Podcast. Twitter, Advise Highly. And drum roll boom 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 make sure you su- subscribe to the youtube yes at the highly advised podcast yeah so this is episode 85 <clears throat> what's up nigel it's me your boy big cozy too cozy shouts out to spence spence right now he's taking a trip to antarctica because i told him there's something that i need him to do down there so he's down there for a week or two so shouts out to spence he's going to tune into this as well um <clears throat> How was your past week, Nigel? I like how Spence is down there doing your dirty work. You know, I guess that's just the role he's playing for you. Hey, man, somebody got to poach the penguins. <laughs> it's like, I'm just joking. Um, Peter, don't come after us, please. Nah, please don't. They they throw blood on you and shit. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, You know, chilling out. Um, We have our NFL teams, respectively, in each other's rooms. I'm not sure if you listeners know, but the Steelers... And the football team are both five and six. We being five and six and one, him being five and six. No, correction. We're six and six. You guys are six, five, and one. Thank you. Prior to the wins, we were five and six. Mm, Okay, okay, okay. Well, we were five and five, 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 and one. Well, yes, yes. We were five and six, but it's all good. We won. That's all. So my question is, are, are y'all in the running to go to the playoffs at all? Yeah, we're actually currently sitting at number seven. So if the playoffs were to start today, we would be in the wild card. What are the chances? Like, I really don't understand. I saw that, uh, you know, Chase Young, probably one of your best defensive players, went down and I was like, there's no way in hell. But apparently I was wrong. Hey, man, Ron Rivera is doing something. So all I have to say is shouts out to LeBron Rivera. Shouts out to the team for not quitting and giving up. We're on a four-game winning streak. And the fact that we beat the Buccaneers in one of the four games, it's it's also, to me, it's a big deal. Then we just stomped out. the. We didn't stomp out, but we beat the Raiders. Then we beat the Seahawks. So to me, I just felt like, hey, we're on a good run. We, You know, hopefully we can, you know, dispatch of these Cowboys, but that's kind of a tall task because unfortunately they're playing really well. So now the the Lions got their first win the season. We don't really have to get into that, but they were zero one ten prior to today, and now they are one ten and one. 
You know what I'm about to say, right? I don't. Spence's Minnesota Vikings <laughs> is the one oh, and God. one and ten. <laughs> they were the they will forever be remembered in history that they were the one to give a loser garbage bottom feeding team a win and go goes on to prove that every dog has their day. So thanks, Spence. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I was watching and I was like, holy shit. And not only that, the, the Vikings weren't even playing that bad. They just got beat. It was weird. Hey man, there there were the one and one in ten. Yeah. You know, give a give a moment of silence, you know, for for their, you know, losing that game. It's unfortunate, but you know, everybody gotta lose. Somebody's gotta lose. Somebody's gotta win. Hey man. Hopefully fuck I'm not both, saying opposite. fuck 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 both of them teams. Now, unfortunately. We have to give a more serious moment of silence for a situation. Um, there's been a case that's been going on recently. It's been all over the news. Um, there was a shooting in a Michigan school. Uh, a kid who was 15 brought in a pistol and unfortunately killed four other kids and injured seven other people. Um, the situation's getting kind of crazy. I've been watching it, paying attention. Loud, do you want to fill you in? Um. I'm, I'm I'm familiar with it. I think the whole world, or at least in America, is familiar with what's what been going on. Um, it's very unfortunate to all the kids that were that had to go through that experience and the kids that actually lost their lives. And it's it's very sad, man. These school shootings is crazy. It's never it's it's always been out of control. And unfortunately, I have a feeling this is gonna lead into more dirty politics. And it's just, man, 2021 has had his, has had its downs for real, man. It's just like, wow, the punches keep on coming. Um, before you really divulge into um, what you want to say, because you said that you've been really following it, I seen that a high school football kid, he like sacrificed himself to save his, his classmates from the school shooter. And I thought that was crazy. I was just like, damn, like, a high school kid, he hasn't even got to experience life like that. And his life is already gone because he made a sacrifice to protect others. So hopefully he's honored and they do a big tribute to him and all that because that that's crazy, man. That's so crazy. That's actually pretty sad. I didn't hear that part. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's tragic, man. I didn't hear that part of the story at all. That's unfortunate. But um, what... What I'll say is I'll list out the timeline that the news has you know been providing. Um, so pretty much from what I saw on Friday, his parents got him this gun as a Christmas gift. Um, Monday, they tried to contact the parents and say, hey, um, we found some like alarming drawings that the student had. He was saying, um, you know, why won't why want to stop say, like painting pictures of bullets with blood around them and things like that. Um, the parents never answered the call. Apparently, uh, Tuesday came, uh, uh, they might've had some other warning signs. That's when the shooting happened. So the parents, you know, of course, seeing as he's 15 years old, were um, being called in and then they didn't show up. And a lot of the news coverage that I saw was actually about the parents, which I think is kind of wild because like, it's interesting because 
I mean, obviously the situation is is crazy all around, but the parents didn't turn themselves in for the initial hearing that they were called for. Now, um, I was watching the hearing that they actually did get called for, but prior to that, they um, were on the run for like four or five days. And so here's what happened, right? They were on the run for four or five days, about an hour away in a warehouse. Um, They took out $4,000 and they had a Tempur-Pedic bed in the warehouse. I saw that from the picture. That's the only reason I know it. So um, the thing is, is that the, the, not the prosecutor, but the defendant lawyer was saying that the parents were hiding out and getting their finances together. And I just think it's funny that, you know, the parents were getting their finances together in a warehouse with a Tempur-Pedic an hour away after they took $4,000 out of their bank account. I mean, the details say- Shit is wild. This, this shit is wild, man. It's sad. It's crazy. It, yeah, it's, it's- This situation is- there's, It's very tragic, man. It's very tragic. And this shit sucks all around. I, I'm just like, damn, bro. Damn, man. Like, that sucks. That sucks for all the- Everybody involved, man. It sucks. Now, did they, did like an investigation, did they ever reveal why this kid felt like he needed to go out and do what he did? I mean, if you look at the evidence, it looks like he might have just been a disturbed kid, but it, it could go one of two ways. Because, you know, people, if you want to go with their showing on its face, he just looks like he's a disturbed kid. If you want to go with another theory, I mean, like if you were, trying to get out of a case like this where you, you know, killed multiple people. If you, you know, pleaded some type of mental illness or this, that, or the third, then I mean, what better way than to plant that stuff days prior to you actually going out and doing what you're planning on doing. I don't know exactly as to how much, you know, the kid was um, mentally ill or anything like that. I'm not sure as the type of problems he had in school, the situation just kind of sucks in general. I don't understand why you would give a kid a gun for a gift. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's something you would give an 18 year old, 21 year old, not somebody who's 15, especially not somebody who's 15. And it seems like you have an idea that he's not all the way there, there because when, after they had um, acknowledged that there was a shooting going on at the school, the mom texted the, the son and said, don't do it. So it seems like she was warning him about something, or even if there's an active shooter at the school, how would she know it's him if she didn't have any type of inkling that he was going to do something like that? Exactly. That, that's, that's just such an odd thing to say and not know what the fuck was going on. Right. Yeah. So, you know, definitely more details about that case will be coming out soon. Um, there is another case going on with Chris Cuomo and well, Andrew, Anthony Cuomo, what's his, I can't remember his first name, Chris Cuomo's brother, the one who was uh, the former mayor of New York, if I'm not mistaken. Governor. Governor Cuomo, thank you. Um, apparently, Chris Cuomo, the CNN representative, um, you know, broadcaster, was using his ties being a broadcaster to try to stop, or I would say, portray his brother's case in a different light. Now, obviously, if you're a journalist, that, you know, all the way fucks with your integrity. Yeah, integrity is zilch. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
So, of course, you know, people were calling him out for this, as they should. And CNN was forced to, you know, fire him from his job, as they should. Yeah, that's not, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, I understand you want to stick up for your brother and protect your brother and shit like that. If your brother is truly innocent, and I'm not saying that he is innocent, listeners, but in the perspective of Chris Cuomo, if your brother is innocent or whatever, then you got to support him in the process of him getting innocent, not you not flex your muscle in, in your career space to do some shit that's not um, not the legal way of doing things. It's not justifiable for you to do it. So Chris's intent could have been well in the sake of his brother, but unfortunately Chris's actions really diminishes his credibility now. Now, of course, CNN can't have corrupt journalists or corrupt analyst broadcasters on her thing. They already get a lot of flack from people saying they're biased towards a certain side of, of, of a party. So when you have a motherfucker that's going and doing basically dark web shit, you know, behind the scenes shit that he's not really supposed to be doing, they have no choice but to let the guy know because they're like, hey, you're fucking up our operation and the gimmick is done. We can't support this gimmick no more. Yeah. Gotta let, gotta let you go. My thing is this too, right? I'm not, I'm not mad at him for trying to defend his brother. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie. I'm not mad at him, but I mean, ethically, is it right for his job? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I I mean, I, I don't think he was really expecting anything else, but I think he was pretty much willing to jump in front of the bullet for his brother. And I got to commend him for that, but that shit will get you fired very fast. Hey man, that's that's his shit. He, it's either he knew the risk or he didn't. But fuck it, you know he made his bed, so now he got laid in it. Yeah, man. Now, I know that a lot of people are laying in their beds on the Kick app, try or I should say the sneakers app, trying to get some new shoes, and you know different things like that. Maybe a PS Five for Christmas, gifts, Xboxes, right. blah blah blah. Right. And, and you know they can't get it because of the bots, but. The lawmakers are trying to make a law to stop that. Yeah, I think this this is a good thing. So listeners, some U.S. lawmakers, they're announcing a bill to basically prevent people from scalping, meaning all these, if you're a person that's into sneakers and the sneaker game's all fucked up now because you have these guys who have access to a magnitude of bots, well, the U.S. lawmakers, they put something in to stop shit like that. If you're somebody who couldn't get a PS5, still can't get a PS5, and you still own the PS4, I mean, me and Naja, we feel sorry for you because we got our PS5s the natural way. So we didn't have to buy from no stank-ass, bum-ass scalper. Exactly. So uh, I was about to say another word, but I'm glad I'm held, I held it back. Um, you're a new man now. You can't, you can't be saying words like that. You're cleansed. I I am thoroughly cleansed. You're correct. But uh yeah, so this this bill is gonna prevent people from doing that. So little Mike from Rhode Island, and I don't know a Mike from Rhode Island, but Mike from Rhode Island, he's one of these fucking people who sits on a computer all day and he buys up the stock of uh brand new Jordan fives that's about to come out, and the stock is completely clean because he bought them out. Then he's going to resell it for about you know two hundred dollars more. They're they're trying to stop shit like that, 
And I think it's great because you have people like Nigel, me, Spence, our other friends, our, our, our loved ones that's trying to get our hand on these Jordans and these PlayStation, Xboxes, whatever for Christmas gifts. And it's fucking us because we're like, damn, we can't even, we can't even give the children a good gift because you got Mike from Rhode Island who's sitting on the computer all day with mayonnaise under his stomach and he can't, <laughs> and, and we can't even fucking, you know, damn, bro. Damn. So I'm glad that they're doing this and they're going to fuck. I hope they fuck up that whole scalping game. I hope they destroy it all. Cause it's crazy, man. You know, PlayStation fives, they still like North of like $700. Some of them are still like some of them. You can find some for like 1200 bucks. A thousand dollars. It's crazy. Fuck that. That's crazy. Like I was crazy. I never remembered the PlayStation four being this hard to get. The Xbox 360 being this hard to get. But what the motherfucking, the new shit, it's because you got these guys. Hey, man, we know this is how it demands. We're going to grab it and resell it for like $500 more. Just fucking people over. It's crazy. Well, I mean, it's probably a little mixture of two things because you got not only do you have the scalpers who have a hundred bots waiting to go, you also have the chip shortage at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. That's also delaying shit and putting shit on back order and all that stuff it, it i'm just glad it's there you know it doesn't really affect me directly or personally because i have everything that i need and i have everything that i want but for the people that i know that's uh struggling and they they're like really ca- not counting but they really want this shit and they can't get it because some fucking guy named mike at rhode, rhode island you know who has a shower in days is utilizing these bots i feel for those people but hey we'll just have to see how it develops over time so do you think mike from rhode island is going to not shower for days once they introduce the uh the rumored subscription service that playstation is talking about um i don't know it depends if mike is a gamer or not Uh, Mm -hmm. if if mike is a gamer then he might not shower for weeks but if if he's uh not a gamer you know after he's done scheming and scamming, he might finally raise, rise up from his crusty chair and go to the shower. Um, the PlayStation subscription service, though, I'm excited for it. If it's a, a real deal thing, it's actually uh, legitimate. You know, if they do have it, I'll be happy. Um, I know I've told you multiple times that there is no way in hell I'm getting this new Xbox. And I plan to stick to that no matter what. Um, that being said, though, I think that this is good for competition because Game Pass is a good service and it has a lot of good games. You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, we got to give kudos to Xbox on the Game Game Pass thing, because PlayStation would have even done this if Game Pass wasn't such a success. True. They're only doing it because they're like, hey, we need something to compete. People are not really fucking with PS Plus like that unless, you know, they like the free games that we get. But I, I'm not going to hold you. Some of them PlayStation Plus games, they're kind of like, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're not that <laughs> fucking good. They're not. So um, especially the offerings that have been on the PS5 haven't been great. So That's for terrible. listeners, yeah. So for listeners who's into 
gaming and is into the uh, subscription services shit. Definitely keep an eye out for this. Look out for this shit because if PlayStation could come out with something that could rival Game Pass, now we we sparked up another debate on who's better. So here at the Holly Advice Podcast, well, me and Nigel more specifically, we're PlayStation guys, but I will admit Xbox Game Pass is a damn good service. So I'm curious to see what PlayStation does with it. Now, I mean, for me, though, like the way I see it is like any more free games is a good thing. I feel right. like a lot of people are going to have to start giving free games in order to, you know, have people play their shit or at least discounted games. Because, I mean, technically, it's not free. You're playing for you're paying for the service itself. And, and to me, I don't have a problem with that. It's like Netflix. Right. Netflix, Disney Plus, all that other shit, like the streaming shit. Like, I don't have... I don't have a problem playing for a service like that if I have access to a library to a bunch of shit. I I don't mind that because there's some shit that I want to play. I just don't want to spend the fucking money for. And when I'm done playing it, I don't want to keep. If I want to actually own it, I definitely going to spend my hard earned money to, to own it. But I'm not, there's not every game that I want to play. I don't want to buy. So I'm not mad at this little service. Now, we got another, well, not we, but a specific somebody got a lot of good news other than the rumored um, PlayStation subscription service that we were talking about. Okay. Um, first and foremost, Barbados became a republic, and they have uh. the first president who happens to be a female. Okay. All right. Shouts out to them. Congratulations, Barbados. Shouts out to Barbados. And as you know, Rihanna is was named the national hero by said president. Okay. So shouts out to Brianna. Um, I know a lot of her fans and her supporters, they're really fucking with that and really cheering her on. And I think that's a, probably a good look for her career. Another feather in a cap. So shouts out to her. Um, I want to kind of sidetrack a little bit before we go to the next thing. What's up? Do you, are you believing the fucking rumors that she's pregnant? I knew you were about to say it. I was wondering if I was going to bring I, it up or you were. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, I had to ask. So look, man, here's why I see it, right? I, I think that, I mean, why not? You know what I mean? She's been, you know, enjoying life with ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky got her pregnant. He's never putting out another album again. He's going to chill. You know, <laughs> Fenty's going up. So, I mean, why not? Hey, man, if she actually is pregnant with ASAP Rocky, congratulations to the both of them. They're both winning at life. Especially ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky, <laughs> like Rihanna was winning way before him, but for ASAP Rocky to be with her, yeah, man, like you, that's a good choice. Hey man, I'm all uh, I support the brothers who who be uh, getting in these relationships with these successful women. It, I, about time. Yeah, man. And not only that, like Rihanna's been doing her thing for a while, man. I, I think we spoke about her. Um, what she's already a billionaire, right? Uh, I don't know if she's a billionaire per se, but she is very, very rich. She's much richer than ASAP Rocky, and oh, ASAP yeah. Rocky is a rich guy himself, right? But- He's not Rihanna rich. Nah, Rihanna's like the type of rich where it's like we don't really see her unless she wants to be seen type rich. Yeah, uh, she uh, she probably is a billionaire. She probably is. I I I mean, I would have to go online and, and do the research, but I, I'm just gonna say for the sake of this conversation, she's a billionaire. Right. Might as well be. So, yeah. Whatever. I know that she probably celebrated this news by listening to the new case Suave mixtape that just came out you know what i mean <laughs> i mean what else would she be listening to on barbados i mean 
Hey man, shout out to K Swanson. Did he get a chance to listen to it? So, listeners, <laughs> we're we're talking about this artist. I actually don't know where he's from, but know. what I do know, and I just found this out, Nigel, he's uh he's actually I think he's Trippy Red's artist. Surprisingly, really? yeah, which is interesting, but it kind of makes sense, kind of like the the style of music the guys make it yeah but uh this is a new artist um his name is k suave he got himself like a little buzz going and he just dropped a project called sexually active now listeners when you hear a name called sexually active you can use your imagination to imagine what kind of music this is so if you guessed it yes there's a lot of have a lot of autotune and if you familiar with our podcast, which you should be, or I don't understand why your bum ass is on here. Exactly. Um, I'm you, not you should bi- subscribe if you're not. You should absolutely subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, you know, you know what we do. We break your neck. So listeners, as I was saying though, like I'm not the biggest fan of autotune. I'm truly not. But what I've come to realize over time is Yes, autotune does play a big part on how much I dislike an artist, but I think if they use the right beat selection, the autotune could be passable. Um, I only listened to like five songs off of this sexually active project. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is not a lyrical masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) It's far from it. But what I will say is I'm so entertained by the music choice of case Fave, that I'm actually going to finish out the project. I've, uh, it's caught me it hook and seeked me to the point where I'm like, okay, I just need to finish this. So this way I can say I've actually given it a, a real chance. I am also going to take out time to finish the project. <laughs> I got about two songs in and turned it off. <laughs> I'm not uh, necessarily impressed with his style. I don't like K-Suave like that. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, that being said, though, it does give me a little chuckle. It's hard for me to take an artist like him seriously at all. You know what I mean? Right. Now, what I did watch, though, was the 3-6 Mafia Bone Thugs versus this week. I watched most of it. And a lot of people, the biggest thing about this versus was, if I'm not mistaken, Busy Bone uh clearly was upset and he said hey look stop mocking us juicy j proceeded to say suck my dick and then busy bone threw some shit at him and there's a little scuffle on stage between bone thugs and three six okay now me personally prior to that i thought three six mafia was winning anyway but apparently them dancing the buddha lovers did not make busy bone happy at all (laughs) (laughs) he was he was very upset so like it was funny but i mean like that being said i feel like people might not i feel like the people who thought bone thugs are gonna win were bone thug fans i feel like three six mafia they're just they probably resonate more because of the stuff they did i feel like they've had bigger success not shitting on bone thugs because they're legends themselves but at the same point in time like if you just look at the things three six did look at the thing juicy j did by himself some of the other members that aren't even necessarily the core members of three six you know what I mean? Like, you just have to respect what they've done in the game. So I didn't see the battle. I wish I did. I, that was one of the battles I definitely wanted to tune, in, tune into, but 
I forgot about it completely. But I did predict <laughs> that 3-6 was going to win. I just thought, like, if you're actually an avid listener of rap music, a fan of rap music, like we are here on the podcast, it's like, come on, 3-6 was going to beat both thugs. The only people that was rooting for both thugs are people who don't know about rap music or people, like you said, are avid Bone Thugs fans. Like, they, hey, I'm listening to all their shit. Right. The shit with the shit with Phil Collins, all that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, even I guarantee you some of the fucking casual fans didn't even know about that Phil Collins shit. <laughs> so, uh, so when I'm saying it, it's just like, hey man, they, Bone Thugs some ha- has some good songs. I like Buddha Lovers. I think Buddha Lovers is an amazing song, but. 3-6 Mafia overall body of work, they just couldn't compete. They couldn't. 3-6 Mafia, they're like heavyweight kings compared to the fucking Bone Thugs and Harmony. And shouts out to uh, both groups, though. But yeah, I, I called it, man. I knew 3-6 was going to win. Yeah, man. I feel like it was... I don't want to say it was unfair because I feel like Bone Thugs, they definitely had their success, but at the same point in time, it's like, come on now. You know what I mean? Now... Yeah. I also got the chance. You had sent me something earlier in the week. The MMA fighter, Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty. Thug Nasty. Put out a project called Pasture Fire. I listened to the majority of it. And I got to say, it's not all that bad. He actually can rap. Beat selection is kind of eh. And if you don't like subject matter about like essentially what he's talking about, sometimes he talks about, you know, riding on his tractor, you know, you might not like him. That being said, though, if you're just looking for an actual rapper who's actually rapping and doesn't can catch a flow here and there, I would say like, this isn't, this isn't the worst project ever. You know what I mean? Especially for someone who's not known to be a rapper. He's a fighter. You know what I mean? So, I mean, shouts out to him for doing it. I think he should keep on putting out music. I th- so yes, I think Bryce Mitchell should keep on putting out rap music. If that's what he wants to do. Um, he's not entirely the worst non-rapper that I heard rap. So I'm not going to sit there and say like, oh, he's garbage and trash. No, 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 no. And I'm not going to compare him to actual rappers. I'm going to compare him to other non-rappers. And to other non-rappers that's rapping, I think Bryce Mitchell is not that bad. Like, I think he's better than Tamar Woolley. I'm sorry. I know, Tyron, your brother-in-law, your music is not fucking good. It's not and, it's just not good. So when you're comparing those two, Bryce got it. So, I mean, all I could say is, I outside of that one song I sent you, all I can really say is just like, hey, hopefully he works on his craft if he if he enjoys it and that's his passion. And that's that. Hopefully his supporters really blow him up. But I will say before we move on, I was going on YouTube because I'm all, I like reading the YouTube comments because you always find interesting people on there. There's one guy who was like, oh, I listened to it and I'm not going to lie. Say, I'm not going to lie, but you are better than 90% of the rap game. Oh, and, and I was just like, that guy does not listen to fucking rap music at all. <laughs> you know what blows my mind, I guess, before we get on? And I'll, I'll make this real quick. People, it's like, People think that there's no good rap right now. Now, some of the good rap, you do have to look for it. It's not necessarily broadcast on your TV or on the radio stations. But that being said, though, one, not all these auto-tune rappers are bad. Two, the good rap actually does exist. You just don't know where it's at. So if 
it were me and I was that YouTuber, I'd be like, hey, point me in the direction of the good shit. Or you can come and listen to the Highly Advised Podcast because we got the good shit here. And, yep. And the living embodiment of knowledge and his court of knowledge will tell you where you can go and where you should clean your ears of any fungus rap music and purify it with good rap music. Um, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's not Lil Durk. <laughs> Somebody might disagree with you, but I mean, I can't speak for him. No, nah, a whole lot of people might disagree with me. Man. It, they're like, oh, you know, we like Smirk, you know, the the Jay-Z Chicago, Chicago, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Mm. Shout, shouts out to OTF, though, man. Shouts out to Dirk now. Just his music lately is just not for me. Mm. Well, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, they'll like that take or not, but I mean, I agree with you. So, okay. If, if that right. means anything, then, you know. Not bad. Yeah, that, <laughs> coming from you, that means a whole lot. Thank so. you. I, I yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch the fights last night? 100%. I did. Yeah. I did. Well, now, do you want to give mentions on the whole card or a few fights on the card? Or, you know, tell me tell me your thoughts. Let's let's start there. Mm, card was a, was a solid card. It was a good was. night of fights. It was. Um, there was some good knockouts and stuff like that. Uh, I definitely want to talk about the main event. Co-main event was pretty good. Um, the fight before the co-main event, or was it two fights before the co-main event? Two fights. The, <clears throat> You know what I'm talking about? The yeah, Jimmy we'll, Crook we'll shit? Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. That fight was a highlight for me. The co-main event was definitely a highlight for me in the main event as well. Those were like my three things. But overall, it was a solid card and it was a good card. Um, I got my main event prediction wrong. And I got the Clay Guida prediction wrong, even though we didn't predict that last week. But... uh. Other than that, I was kind of spot on on who's going to win. I even got the two upset on knockout wins. Yeah, you did. So you did on verdict. Yeah. So now, I mean, I'm I'm gonna um start off with the Chris Curtis fight, and I guess we can work our way up. Shout out to Alex Morano. Um, he beat Mickey Gall. You know, shout out to everybody that was on the undercard, but we're not going to focus on that right now. Yeah. Uh, Chris Curtis beat Brendan Allen with the TKO. Chris Curtis has been having a great year. Um, his last two fights, he got finishes. And this finish last night that he got was pretty damn impressive. He seemed to be yeah. um, winning the whole fight. You think so? I think that first round, uh, I thought Brandon Allen, Allen just edged it enough to, mm. to take it away. I could be wrong, but the, it was very competitive that first round. But what I noticed real quickly was that Curtis, uh, Chris Curtis was hitting with some hard ones. And I was kind of like, okay, eventually he's gonna, he's gonna get in with a real hard one. I I don't know when because Brandon Allen, you know, who was doing a good job, you know, withstanding the punches that was being thrown, but he was also attacking at the same time. So I was like, okay, I don't know, but he's gonna get hit with a good one. I didn't think he was gonna get hit in the second round, uh, and uh, I didn't think the punch that he. I didn't think he was going to get hit that hard in the second round. I thought it was going to be something like third round, but that the, the body shot, then he, him coming up top with it after that, that was a good little one, two combo. I was like, okay, Chris. They, yeah. 
he had thrown it a couple times prior to that. I mean, me personally, I think I'm not gonna say he like completely dominated the fight in the first round, um, but I thought he did enough to win it personally. Okay. Um, I thought the the setup with the body punch to the um, uppercut, what or was it? Uh, was it an uppercut he caught him with? No, no, it was kind of it was like a body hot. Uh, I mean, body hot. It was a body punch, and it, it looked like it was a hook. Mm that he set him up with. And I could be, I could, I, I had to rewatch it to see if it was a hook or kind of like an overhand right. But it looked like a hook to me in, in the moment of time. But yeah, it was a nice little one-two. Well, I mean, like either way, shouts out to him. I'm going to rewatch it actually because I want to see what you were saying in the first round and see if he was actually um, winning or losing. Now, in the next fight, Clay Guida was damn sure losing that first round. <sighs> Here's the thing about that Clay Guida fight that kind of made me upset. So that's a fight that honestly Clay Guida should have lost. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, hear me out. Like I'm listening. He was punished pretty badly. And any ref would have came in there and stopped it. And I'm not saying Clay Guida was knocked out, but he 47 shots to none <laughs> before the break. And that referee, Keith Peterson. It's very interesting because remember when Dominic Cruz lost to Henry Cejudo? He said he smelled like beer or something in cigarettes. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, beer and cigarettes. But the whole argument was, oh, well, Dominic ate 11 unanswered shots. What did he expect? And I was sitting there defending. I mean, not defending, but I was agreeing those people. I'm like, okay, you know, you make a point. You know, when you get clocked so many times, what can, the, you know, the ref has to step in. Right. This guy, Keith Peterson, this is the second time now that I've seen after the Dominic Cruz fight that he's let people go withstand a lot of punishment. This fight that happened with Clay Guida and the fight that happened Marlon Moraes' last fight where he was beating them nonsense out of that guy, then Marlon Moraes ends up getting knocked out. It's the same referee. And I'm telling you, I don't, I'm starting to believe Dominic Cruz. As more and more fights like this happen with his referee, I'm starting to be like, you know what, Dominic wasn't wrong. Man, it's it's so funny to me. I was watching the fight and I was like, how did they not stop it? I, I haven't seen a it's been a long time since I saw a fighter get hit that much in the way he was getting hit. It's not he wasn't putting up good defense. He was just hitting him over and over and over again. I don't know how Keith Peterson did not stop that fight. The only thing I can say is that he didn't stop it specifically because it is Clay Guida. That's it. I I mean, like it or hate it, that's what I think happened. That being said, though, uh, when he got the finish in the second round, I was just like, I can't believe it. You know, like, I I mean, the guy was probably exhausted from punching him in the face as many times as he did. You know what I mean? Like, he was hitting him a hell of a lot. Yo, it was like 47 strikes landed to zero. Like, Clay Guida, that would have been a TKO with any other fighter. Oh, the guy was looking... I'm telling you, I, I'm starting to agree with Dominic. Like, it's that referee, man. That was like, that's crazy. Like, I, that didn't make sense to me. It just didn't make sense to me. Now, I'm not a Clay Guida fan, but, you know, I'll give him props for him coming back and getting the submission win. But that was a fight that he should have. If Leonardo Santos, if he still had gas in the tank, Clay Guida was not winning that fight. No. He... Through the grace of God, Leonardo Santos blew his his 
his gas tank because he thought he he fucking won, you know? I mean, you know, I think Clay Guida, shouts out to him for getting the one. I'm not going to lie. After seeing that performance, like, if he goes against somebody who's skilled, even more skilled, they're going to put it on him, probably similar to the way he got put on tonight. I mean, it might not be that bad, but, I mean, I think that's a good win to go off of because, you know, he did the Clay Guida thing. He toughed it out. He's known to be a tough fighter, all-around fighter. Just go off on that win and, you know, go off into the sunset, in my opinion. You probably won't. They never do. No, they never do. All right. Yeah. So the next fight being Jamal. How do you pronounce his name? Well, I thought it was Jamel Harris, but it's not. I I guess it's Jamal. J- J- Man, first of all, forgive us for mispronouncing your first name. Really forgive us. We, we're really butchering it and jacking the shit up. Oh, but yeah. I really thought it was Jamal, but it's not Jamal. It's like Jamal Hill. I, yeah, I, some, it's it's something like that. It's like a it's like that. Yeah. So I, once I saw a lot of these fighters fight, I actually recognized them once I saw their faces. He was one of those people. Um, yeah. This fight was over in 48 seconds. He was very crisp with the striking. Jimmy Crew. He hit him once and knocked him down, and then he hit him again, and then with a brutal, de- like a uh, downward strike, I'll say, knocked his ass out. Shouts out yeah. to Jimmy Crew. Jimmy Crew was stiffing up. For, for 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 a second he was stiff yeah. and uh hey man i was impressed <laughs> me too i was impressed too light heavyweight needs some people man and you know definitely put him in there maybe he can fight uh i don't know i don't want to say ryan span because he's just coming off that loss to anthony smith but you got to put him in there against somebody he called out um yeah. paulo costa paulo costa and uh damn there was somebody else he called out too fuck it, it was uh, it was a good call out too. I think the Paulo Costa is it's a good uh, fight for him, but he called out somebody else as well. Listeners, I'm not gonna go back and fucking look it up. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. All right, Komain Rafael Fiziev versus Brad Riddell. I thought this fight now, was cool. This fight to me was great. I uh, I gave that first round to Brad Riddell. I thought he just edged it. He was actually, I know people were kind of like on the the Raphael or Raphael hype train. And I am too. I think the guy's a great fighter. But I thought Brad Riddell kind of outstruck him that first round. Now, it doesn't matter now because, you know, Raphael <laughs> right. lit his thing. But that this fight was really good. And I just think now Raphael, top 10 opponent, no more. No more guys out of the top 10. And he should be top 10. And I know the UFC rankings is where top 15, blah, blah, blah. Top 10. He needs a top 10 guy. You know, give him somebody like a Tony Ferguson or Dan Hook or something. Give him a top 10 guy. It, it's time. Ooh, if he fights Dan Hooker, I, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting fight. Shouts out to Dan Hooker, man. Yeah, he's shouts so. out to he. He's been getting a tough um, break lately. He has. Yeah. And... Let's move on to the co-main. Well, I'll give a couple words on that fight Um, because I, I guess I didn't see any, say anything. I don't really have much to say, though. Um, The spinning wheel kick that he caught him with, very impressive. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was great. That was great. That's all I really have to say. It was, it was very impressive. Like, I didn't expect him to finish him. I just expected the fight to be a good fight and be a little back and forth, but he did his thing. Um, Now, the main event. 
Jose Aldo, Rob Font. We both chose Rob Font. Rob Font lost. I would say that Jose Aldo went in there and put on a very, you know, good all-around fight, like fight. Um, he hurt Rob Font a couple times. Like Jose Aldo, like every round, every round he hurt Rob Font. Yo, man, he was doing his thing. He did his thing. I can't even hate on it because I thought Rob Font's boxing was going to be good enough, not to stop Jose Aldo, but good enough to carry him on the scorecards. And it was crazy because it was like. The first two rounds, his boxing was carrying him. But the, at the end of each round, Jose Aldo would hit him with a hard one. And then Rafa, he just couldn't handle the power. And Jose Aldo started teeing off on him a little bit. Now, he was out striking Jose Aldo. But unfortunately, the power that he was hitting him with didn't matter. And the grappling. Rounds three through five, Jose Aldo mixed it up with the grappling. I and didn't expect that. Yeah, me neither. I did it. I thought it was going to be a stand-up more. And I was like, Jose Aldo won. Now, I didn't give it a 50-45 uh, scorecard I, like some people did. I definitely didn't do it. But Jose Aldo for sure won that fight. I think Rob Font's plan from what it looked like, because I think it was after round three, Rob Font, re- like it, it seemed like from the beginning of the fight, Rob Font wanted to apply the pressure. But it seemed, especially after round three, he tried to reestablish that pressure he was trying to put on. And Jose Aldo just wasn't having it. Um, I'm not sure if he's worked on his cardio or Jose Aldo just because he hit him enough and he was actually, you know, just a better striker. He was able to kind of move around a little better in this fight. I think so. I, what I see is Rafa definitely is the better boxer between the two. I just think that his his punching power was it Ho- I think after Jose got hit a few times for me, he was kind of like, okay, he's going to hit me, but I know that I could walk him down or I could stand in front of him and I could hurt him. And I think that was kind of the tale of the fight because Rob was hitting him with jabs, boom, boom, jab, straight, boom, boom, boom. And then Rob was even getting him with body punches. But I'm, they, they weren't really facing Jose. Jose was kind of like, all right, like, yeah, they might sting or whatever the fuck, but this ain't if watch what happens next. Boom, drops him. Boom, hurts him. Boom, takedown, grappling him. He almost caught him with a rear naked in that fifth round. But you know what I mean? So, like, Jose, in my opinion, I think he should get the next shot after Aljamain and, and Pilter, but him versus TJ Dillashaw, I'm not mad at it. I'm just curious on when TJ will return i'm not sure when tj returns because he's out with like some type of injury right now right <clears throat> yeah, yeah i think he got like acl surgery i think that jose auto versus tj is a great fight to make i think people for whatever reason just want tj to get the next shot because he got that win over Corey sanhagen i think that's bullshit personally but i right. mean at the same point in time though in, in order to reestablish himself if he were to beat jose auto who's actually having a great um second part of his career and i think that because he's having a great second part of his career it's like uh third part in my opinion well hold on i'll, I'll get back to that because i want to hear what you have to say all right i, I think you should fight tj dillashaw um well actually not what why do you what do you mean by that all right the first part of jose aldo's career wec aldo as you know yeah absolute monster yes. killer lost the title to connor now we're talking about the resurgence. After the after he lost to Alexander, no, after he lost to Connor, got knocked out, 
he comes back. He beats Frank Edgar, and then he becomes the interim champ. Remember? Mm-hmm. Then he gets. Then he becomes the featherweight champ again. To me, around that time, that's when it was kind of like his second reemergence. But it wasn't long lasting because that then comes in Max Holloway. Now he's down a band away doing the same. To me, that's his like three third resurgence. I can see that. I, so and- he people are forgetting he did become featherweight champion again after he got knocked out by Connor. Let's not forget you. that. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, like after seeing him, because I'm not gonna lie, like after Jose Auto went down to Bantamweight, I was like, there's no, you know, chance of him ever being in a title fight again, but he just keeps on winning, man. Like in my personal opinion, to me, he has to be in the top 10 of all time just because of his dominance over the fights that he's been doing. For Like, just think about the amount of time he's been good. I, think, uh, I know there's been a little argument going on in the MMA community. I put him above Habib if we're talking about top 10 list. Absolutely. Pick, I put him above Habib because, like, I, one of Habib's arguments was, oh, you know, after you lose – and you start to get up there in age, you could never win again. Well, you see Jose Aldo, he kept winning. Glover Tejera just won the light heavyweight championship of the world. Even, let's go a few years before that. GSP comes back from retirement after being out for years and wins the middleweight championship. I was like, well, what Habib is saying is not factually true. So, and when you want to compare the resumes, Jose Aldo has a much better resume than Habib. Absolutely. Habib only beat three lightweights. And the three that he beat them, that he beat, one of them was a former world champion. And that was Conor McGregor. So let's, if we want to talk about credibility and strength of schedule, Jose Aldo beats him by a mile. He's beat more solid competition and he's beat and he's defended his title a lot more not only that but if you look at the people he lost to outside of that marlon marais fight that a lot of people thought he won a lot of those fighters or are champs now or former champs yeah and i'm not even talking about champs outside of the organization i'm just saying like jose Aldo, he's beaten the best out of the best unfortunately conor mcgregor had his 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 number but Outside of Connor and outside of Max Holloway and Volkanovski, who some who people consider the greatest featherweights in UFC history, let alone probably MMA, because featherweight division outside of UFC isn't really worth talking about. Um, oh, I mean Bellator, they they got a decent, but it's not UFC caliber though. They got Antonio McKee. A, you mean AJ? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, not his dad. Yeah, a, a, AJ McKee. To me, he's the shit. He's He's UFC level. I hope at some point he comes over to the UFC. Like, um, for real. Yeah, he he's nice. But uh, Patricio's nice too. Yes, Patricio. Yeah, that motherfucker. He's nice too. Both of them. They're to me the UFC caliber fighters. But um, um, yeah, I just think Jose Otto's he's more of a goat than Habib. And uh, shouts out to Jose Otto. Good win for him. I kind of wish that he would get the next shot after Al Jermaine and, and Peelter, but I'm not mad at him and Dillashaw. I guess, you know, just to determine who's next to line. Now, real quick, before we move on, I got a question for you, and this will be the last thing that we have to say about this. Three former right. champs, uh, GSP, 
let's let's go gsp matter of fact no scratch that john jones habib jose who's the most likely to get the belt back say it again john jones jose and who habib it'll be a tie between habib and john all right i don't even have to hear an explanation i was just curious to hear your thoughts now next weekend you know my birthday celebration um there's going to be a fight card coming on ufc 269 happy birthday to you it's not my birthday yet and i'm not going to say what my birthday is but no yeah yeah i'm just saying it ahead of time oh thank you i appreciate it but yeah uh ufc 269 is coming on next weekend and it's going to be a good card there's some good fights on there and we are here to talk about them as you know the living embodiment of knowledge and i i need a good nickname for myself solely but it will get there yeah man we you know we will think about it man i'm pretty sure we're gonna get something that sticks yeah sure you know i'm i'm waiting we'll see but um you want to start from the beginning of this card or how are you feeling so UFC 269, I know it's not heavily promoted like the Usman and Covington card, which, right. you know, we were both really excited for that card. But this card is this card is fantastic when you look at it on paper. It's actually really good. Yes. Um, even the prelim fights are, are great. I mean, I, the, the early prelim, it's not that they're bad fights, but the early prelim re- definitely screams fight night, like ESPN plus fight night cards. But like the the later prelims it's good you got dan Ige versus josh emmett and then mm. you got dominic cruz and pedro munoz mm. and i didn't even know augusta sakai and, and tattoo of also a fight so mm. i the, even the prelims is, is good before the main card um i would like to do quick predictions on the prelims real quick before we do main card so augusta sakai versus tattoo of vasa man oh man this is kind of a pick and fight to me. Um, I'm not going to break it down because these are supposed to be quick predictions. Right. I think I'm going to go with Ty Tuivasa on this one. Agreed. Okay. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. This is another pick and fight. But I think I'm going to go with Dominic Cruz on this one, but it's going to be like a split decision. It's Dominic Cruz is my guy. I'm going for Pedro. Okay. 50K Ige versus Josh Emmett. I got Dan Ige. I don't I don't think he'll finish up, but I got Dan. Josh Emmett has the power to knock him out early. He has the power to knock him out at any point in the fight, honestly. Dan Ige has the skill to beat him. Dan Ige. Yeah. All right. Now, main card time. Now, what we really want to talk about, right? Sean O'Malley versus, I'm not familiar with this guy. I know he's a top 15 guy, which, you know, once again, weird UFC rankings. Um, forgive me if, if I mispronounce his first name and his last name, but I think it's Rulian Paiva or Paiva. It could be either of those. Once again, forgive me for mispronouncing. But um, this, this, once again, seems like another fight that's tailor-made for Sean O'Malley. There you go. But... but I'm too, I'm picking Sean O'Malley to win, but apparently this Paiva guy, he's not a slouch. He's no. actually, he's apparently he's, he's a tough guy, kind of like a Cheeto Vera thing. Like, Hey, 
he's not known, but Cheeto's actually kind of tough. And then, you know, he have came out and, and, you know, he ended up winning his fight against Sean, even though it was in controversial fashion. Um, I expect Sean to win this fight. I just think that it, it could be a tough out if I had to listen to, like, your John Annix of the world and Kenny Florians. I, you know, this guy's supposed to be a tough out. So I'm going to listen to them. But I'm choosing Sean, though, to win. Um, I've seen this guy fight before, Rulian. Um, he's not a bad fighter. He has some hands. I think Sean O'Malley has more hands. I think he'll win this fight. Um, Sean O'Malley is a skilled fighter. He gets a lot of shit, though, because he's fighting people who aren't necessarily ranked. I mean, with the knockouts and the fights that he's had, you know, he has to start fighting people, especially when you're Sean O'Malley talking about wanting a title shot next. You have to fight people who aren't ruling um, Paiva. I'm not sure exactly how to say his last name, if I'm being honest. Well, here's what I said about Sean, which I'm not mad at. He's taking, like, the boxing approach. Hey, more bang for my buck type of shit. You're going to pay me... 50,000 to show up and 50,000 to win beating up a prelim fighter or beating up a main car fighter. Don't matter. I'm getting paid the same plus people. Plus I'm going to probably get pay-per-view points. Cause I'm the, you know, people know who I am and they're tuning in to see me. I'm not mad at his approach, uh, his approach when it comes to prize fighting. I think his approach when it comes to prize fighting is actually fantastic, especially since he's in a sport where they're not really paying their fighters as well as they could. Um, far as a credibility standpoint, he has a long way to go up the ladder if he keeps fighting these fucking no names or these cans and jobbers. Me personally, um, I agree with you. Hey, go out and get your money. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. As a fan, I hate this shit, and I'm not necessarily uh kind of satisfied. I'll say that. I'm not gonna say I'm not rooting for him because I have nothing against John O'Malley. You know what I mean? But it's not really my thing. Fair enough. Now, the next fight on the card is Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Kara France. I got Cody in this one, man. I think Cody's an all-around better-round fighter. Kai Kara France, he's kind of a... He, I mean, he's good enough to be in a top 10 of a division, but he's definitely bottom. He Remember, he, he I, I think he's like 2-2 two and two in his last four. He's uh, I could be wrong. You you have to check the record, but I think he's 2-2 two two in his last four. Yes. And see, boom, look at that, bro. I live in body of knowledge. Live in body of knowledge. Look at that. Yeah, so I think that um, Cody's the, the better all-around fighter. He's the better boxer. He's definitely the better uh, wrestler between the two. And uh, I honestly think he has a better guest tank than Kai Kara France. He has the better fight IQ because I've seen Kai Kara France make mistakes like in the Brandon Vorovo fight. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm going with Cody. The only reason why Cody would lose this fight if this flyaway cut is killing him. That's the only thing that has me a little like curious about this fight because Cody has shown himself to be a little chinny. Um, but I think he's so fast and I think his boxing is good enough to where he should be able to really put it on Kai Car France. I don't think Kai Car France is a bad fighter, I'm not gonna lie, but Cody Garbrandt is a skilled dude and he's he's quick, yo. He has quick hands. Yeah, the only thing about Cody that I don't like, and it's not really necessarily his um his skill set, besides him, you know, um him abandoning the game plan to fighting really recklessly. Right. 
But I hate how he'll like win a fight or maybe win another fight, and he's like, "Oh well, I deserve the title shot next." I hate that. Like, I hate I hate every fighter who does it who's just coming off of losses. Even me being a Conor McGregor fan, I viciously disagree with him getting a title shot. Like I do, he does he does not deserve it. And co- same thing with Cody Garbrandt, he does not. He has not earned a title shot right away from beating Kai Car if he beats Kai Car France. Who I don't know, man. Like I think at flyweight, he could probably get a title shot if he beats Kai Car France definitively. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, Dana White, he'll probably if he sees money to be made, yeah, he'll probably do it. But you still got guys like Manel Cop who just got a knockout last from night. the fight. Yeah, last night. So you know, I think there's a couple other guys. Alexander uh, Pantoja, he he's on a streak, and he should. And the the guy that Brandon Moreno Moreno fought the undefeated Russian dude. He, you know what I mean. So there's some guys that fly away. I don't think Cody should jump the line. If if you give him the shortest path because of his name and he can help sell tickets, then it is what it is. But I don't think he should get the next shot right just off of one win. What I'll say is that I think if he wins, Brian Brandon Moreno will fight Cody Garbrandt next. He's the biggest name. Excuse me. Fair <laughs> enough. Bless you. But yeah, they're probably they'll probably do um you're right. You know, they're it's at the end of the day it's prize fighting. So right, exactly. I mean, and if we can't be mad at Sean, then we can't be mad at Brandon if he does the same thing. So Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? You know what I mean? Right. The next fight is Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio, a fighter that I'm actually not the biggest fan of. I had a, a little bit of a hype train before he got beat. Ponzinibbio? Yes. Okay, so shouts out to Ponzinibbio. He had um he had a long layoff before he got beat by Lee, Lee Jingliang. Um yes. So I but after that after that fight, he came back and won another fight. So and nobody was actually fighting Ponzinibbio for a while, too. He was trying to call some people. Nobody wanted to fight him. Yeah. So I think Ponzinibbio is going to beat Jeff Neal. I don't see uh, – I'm not – and also, Jeff Neal just got into some trouble recently, too. He did. Yeah, he got a DUI. So, yeah, so I don't I don't know how this fight is going to go down. And I don't know if Jeff Neal's in the right mental space, and I don't even know if that his arrest – is hindering his training as well. So I'm going to go with Ponzinibbio with this one, man. I don't think he'll knock out Jeff, but I think he'll he'll pummel him, though. I can see the winner of this fight getting a knockout. Um, I think that I'm going to go with Jeff Neal because he's just been a little bit more active. Um, Ponzinibbio in his last fight, while he's a very skilled fighter and he probably could beat Jeff Neal, I think Jeff Neal, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he's coming off a loss, and I yeah. think he'll be looking to prove something. Okay. Even though he just got arrested too. Well, I mean, I guess there's also <laughs> that. So maybe he might have some stuff going on. Maybe it'll make him angry. You know what I mean? Maybe so. I guess. I don't well, know. Let's wait till I, win. I, I don't know. I just don't like the wrestling. <clears throat> the wrestling is what's kind of making me sway to Ponza Nibio. It's fair enough. I'm not mad at yeah. that. Not, not, and it has nothing to do with like him as a person. It's more or less of like where's his mind at? Right, exactly. Is that gonna fuck up his training, you know? Like, how long was he fucking arrested for? All that shit. Right. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. But, I mean, shout out to both of them. And, you know. Yeah. Now, move on to the co-main event. We have the female GOAT herself, Amanda Nunes, 
versus Juliana Pena. What are your thoughts? Amanda Nunes, first round, first round knockout or TKO. Um, Juliana Pena, she's a solid fight, female fighter. She could beat some top 10 opponents, but she's not the best female fighter in, in that bantamweight division. She already lost to a few opponents that Amanda Nunes has already beaten. So um, I know they're trying to sell this thing of like, oh, well, she never beat me. She never fought me. I could give her the problems to give her ish. Da, da, da. And, you know, and kudos to Juana Pena for trying to sell the fight and mm-hmm. try to get people to care, even though, I just don't see her lasting past the first round. If she lasts the past the first round, then, you know, she'll just get finished in the second. I just don't, I, unless Amanda Nunes is coming in here to play with, play with her opponent like she did with Felicia Spencer, who just retired, by the way. Yep. Um, like I think that I just don't, this is not competitive, man. And this, to me, this comes off as like, Amanda Nunes is like, hey, look, you know, my 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 young child needs some new Gucci. So yeah, I'm gonna take this fight and, and get this paycheck. Amanda Nunes is like, my young child is growing up and the more she, you know, gets aware of the world, she wants more things. So I have to be yeah. more women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Um, no, I me personally, I see this fight slightly differently i think juliana pena is skilled enough to make it to the second or third round but i think amanda nunez is amanda nunez and i think that she is going to come to win this fight i think i don't think that juliana pena can necessarily beat her anywhere um i think that she's solid enough though to not just go in there and get finished i i personally think she's a better fighter than some of the women that amanda nunez has fought but i don't think that she's on a level to really like make it to the fifth round with her and put it, get her in a dog fight. And if it is that way, shouts out to her. Cause Amanda Nunes needs that. I just don't see this fight going that way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we got the main event coming up next, the lightweight title, the fight that we've all wanted for a long time. Dustin Poirier comes off of the win of, of Conor McGregor, where he broke his leg. And we now have him fighting Charlie Olives, Charles Oliveira, the pride, the lightweight pride of Brazil. Shouts out to both of these fighters. Um, I'm choosing Dustin Poirier to win this fight. I'm actually going to choose him by decision. I just don't think this fight is going to be an easy fight for... Actually, I'll take that back. I got Dustin Poirier probably by like fourth round TKO. Um... I don't think this is an easy fight for neither fighter. Charles Oliveira is a very, very, very tough out. Hence why he's the lightweight champion of the world. Yes. And I remember saying, even though I chose Michael Chandler against him, and maybe I should learn from that lesson, but something telling me is just to go with Dustin. Oliveira, he knocked out Mike. He weathered a storm. It wasn't looking good, but he came back. That shows he has heart. And he's learned from the past and he's knocked out and he put Mike away. I think Oliver is going to give Dustin a lot of pr- trouble on the feet. I just don't know if it will be enough 
to the point where he can put Dustin away or make Dustin become a panic wrestler. And uh, and I don't know if Charles Oliveira can take Dustin down and do what he wants. Dustin is not such a slouch when it comes to grappling. He's not a slouch when it comes to how to take down defense. Um, remember, he did get Habib in like in that guillotine. And yes, it, uh, everybody knows the result of the fight. Habib won that fight, but he got him in there. You know what I mean? And Habib is Habib. So I, I look at Charles Oliveira and I'm kind of like, I know MMA math doesn't work, but I just feel like if he could get that guillotine on Habib, I think he can hold his own in the grappling with Charles Oliveira. Um, I'm, I'm giving a casual take on this because I don't want if we really break this down, this could really take up a lot of time. But long story short, I'm going with Dustin, fourth round TKO, the new lightweight champion in the world. He calls it a uh, not calls a career, but his his legacy is, is officially complete. He rematches Justin Gaethje, knocks out Justin Gaethje for a second time, and then he could go retire in the sunset. Unless Dana throws him $10 million to fight Connor for a fourth time. <laughs> I see him no matter what trying to fight Connor a fourth time. I don't think Dustin Poirier wants to met out, miss out on that money. <clears throat> no, I think I think he really enjoys that money. I th- yeah. it, really, I think he does. I think if they're like, hey, Dustin, uh, you know, you got to fight Connor, defend the belt. If he wins, of course, defend the belt. He'll be like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I have no problem knocking that motherfucker out again. Honestly, think if he were to win, he dropped the belt to fight Connor. And I remember saying that um, after he beat Connor last time. So I mean, and he's already talking about going up to one seventy. And Connor, you've seen the recent pictures of Connor where he barely looks like himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't want to discredit Charles Oliveira because Charles Oliveira does a lot of great things, but he exactly. and he could very well win this fight. Like this fight is not an easy fight to really predict. Right. Unfortunately, just like the Rafa thing. I'm going out here on the limb, and I'm choosing Dustin. But if Charles Oliveira wins, I will not be surprised because the motherfucker, he's a fantastic fighter. He's really evolved from when he first came in, beating up on Efrain. What's his name? Efrain Escudero. Yeah, that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, man, I remember him. (laughs) I see this fight going a little differently, personally. I think Dustin Poirier has the skills to... uh, pretty much stifle everything that Charles Oliveira is going to throw his way. I see him getting it by third round TKO only because I think that his standup is better than Michael Chandler. I think he's better than Charles Oliveira. And I think that he has more of a chance of catching Charles Oliveira with something swift and and trying to put him away. I don't think he's going to catch him on the ground with a submission, but I think that if it does go to the ground, it's probably going to be Charles Oliveira catching Dustin bringing him to the ground and then trying to submit him. Charles Oliveira has never been known as a good wrestler. Dustin Poirier has never been known as a good wrestler, but Dustin Poirier has the skills enough to stay off the ground and put himself in a bad spot against Charles Oliveira. So that being said, though, I got Dustin Poirier getting it. I'm not sure who we defend the belt against next or if he defend the belt at all because Conor McGregor is trying to be back by May. So, I mean, we'll see. Man, I think Conor McGregor, if he goes down to 155, which I don't think he should, but if he goes down to 155, he should take that Michael Chandler fight. Absolutely. I think 
that's obviously a pay-per-view main event. I'll probably end up doing a million pay-per-view buys because they're probably both of them. Michael Chandler seemed like he could sell, could help sell a fight. So I, I can see the fight is going to be uh, ended in a knockout because both of them love to go for the knockout and strike. Connor should go for that. And if he wins that fight, because that's a fight that he can win, if he wins that fight, you know, okay, then, then more than likely he'll probably give him a title shot. But if he loses that fight, which he can lose <laughs> as Easily. well, yeah, he could lose that fight. I think Connor should either retire or or really put all his eggs in a basket for a 170 run, which won't be an easy run either because once he gets to the upper echelon, he's not going to beat Usman. Forget about it. Usman is going to kill him and destroy him. He won't beat Kobe. Kobe's going to kill him and destroy him. Yes. He has a chance against Leon. He definitely won't fight. I mean, Hobbside will put him on his fucking head. So, like, I, I, at the That's upper a nightmare matchup. Yeah. Honestly, man, it might be time for the point where Connor is going to take legacy pay-per-view fights. Hey, him versus Nick Diaz. You know, shit like that. Because... Against the elite, he's not he's not looking too hot. I don't even think Connor could beat um Raphael um fit what's his last name? Biziev? Damn, you I, know. You think I it's don't. that far? I don't yeah, I think Connor fell off that hard, man. I think Michael Chandler gets him, but I'm not sure about that though. That's I don't think Connor I, I just lightweight Connor, man, is not great. And, and what fucked him up was the fucking Floyd fight, man. The Floyd fight. Floyd fight, and then he took off, what, two years? About two years? No. Floyd fight, he took off a year with Habib. Mm-hmm. After losing to Habib, he took another, like, a year off before he came back to fight uh, Donald Cerrone. He should have never fought Donald. He should have fought Justin Gaethje. I, I, because the Conor that won the lightweight title, I was like, that Conor could have KO'd RDA. That Conor could have fucking KO'd Justin Gaethje. That Connor could have KO'd and Michael Chandler. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think he beats Habib, but that Connor could have KO'd a Tell Me Ferguson. That Connor, I think that Connor was really good. But he went off, he did the DS fights. He did, and they went off to get Floyd, the biggest payday for an MMA fighter in history. Mm-hmm. No MMA fighter <laughs> will ever reach that that kind of paycheck for years. Yep. He stopped fighting for years, and then he decides to come back. And instead of taking on a legitimate lightweight, he fights Donald Cerrone in a welterweight fight. He smokes Donald, but Donald, I mean, I just look at it like this guy, man. He's really fell off fucking hard. I don't have really confidence in Connor, man. He has to cherry pick his way. I, I put it like this. The only way this motherfucker could get back to his grace, he got to leave that fucking camp. I agree with that. Like, I feel like at this point in time, I feel like people get to the point where it's like they get comfortable and they get to a point and the people around them get to the point where they don't want to question them too much. And I mean, you know, you've heard his coach said, oh, I won't allow Connor to fight or, you know, I've been advising him, like, I'll kick him out, blah, blah, blah. Let's be real. Cop, or what, Kavanaugh? Yeah. He's not he's kicking. Fu- he's got to go. He's not kicking him the fuck out. No, he won't neither. Yeah. No. You think he's going to pick, like, kick out his highest paid fighter and will always be his highest paid fighter? Fuck no. Ka- Kavanaugh probably got 
he he's probably a millionaire off of Conor McGregor. For a fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for a fact. Why so, do you think all those guys ride him so hard? Look at uh, even Artem Lobov. I think Artem Lobov is hilarious, not because he's a funny guy, but because of the whole stigma of him. And he's rich from being beside Connor. And as you know, Artem Lobov is not a good fighter. So he's Average. he's not. Yo, but what I will say is his legacy was intact when he beat Polly Malinaji. <laughs> you know what? That really was like significant for him though. you know yeah. what i mean it like it really was like a staple of his career because the goat the goat the goat and then he comes in and beat this well-known boxer, boxer you know what i mean yeah it's crazy <laughs> who would have thought i was surprised i thought the shit was hilarious and for paulie you know that's damning for his career yeah i yeah his career is done after that like yeah. any any chance for a comeback it was it was shot to shit but uh i i fucking when that happened, I was like, you know what? Those training videos might be actual factual, might actually be the truth. Connor said he knocked <laughs> him down a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he did get mad. Yeah, I'm telling you, maybe he did get the, you know, maybe Connor did get the better. I mean, like, because he didn't look that great in that poly fight. No. I, I mean, in the, in the Arnold fight at all. <laughs> I thought he lost it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I explored shit for him. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't think it was debatable or anything. Like, nah. So yeah. I, I don't know. But um, there's another boxer talking about uh, mixing it up with the MMA fighter. Surprisingly, a fighter who, at the moment of this recording, has a fight tonight. Tank Davis, Javonta Davis, says that he'd be opening open to fighting in MMA. Um, I think it's great that he said it. He will probably never fight in any of the major MMA organizations. Um, I don't think he'd ever fight somebody. Well, it can go one of two ways. Okay. One, he never does the shit ever, and we just never talk about it again. Two, I don't think he'll ever do it, but okay. Two, he fights somebody that's significant and that can get him paid a hell of a lot of money. I could see Connor versus Gerante Davis in the UFC, and I see Connor knocking him out. And I don't, you don't want to, okay, so I'll put it like this. Here's why it could be a little possible for Tank Davis, right? The UFC could never get Floyd because Floyd is a nine-figure guy. Yes. He's automatically A-side. You got to pay the guy no less than $100 million, which Dana White will not do. No. <laughs> you know? and, and he's going to get pay-per-view points on top of it. Right. So that's out of the question. These other boxes like Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, Canelo, they'll never come over because they're in a prime right now and they're all dealing with their bullshit with trying to get these belts because none of them want to fight each other. And the only way they will come to the UFC is they're getting like eight to nine figure paydays, which Dana won't do that because they're not household. I mean, Canelo is, but the other guys I mentioned, they're not household names. So Dana's not going to do that. No. Tank, he's becoming a popular boxing name. He is undefeated. Majority of his wins are from knockout. He's some bullshit champion. But he's not getting paid Floyd money. He's getting paid a couple million, but it ain't, it ain't like Floyd money. Dana could cough up the money for Tank if Tank is serious. 
Right. But what I will say is, I I don't me personally to be re- like realistically, Tank is not coming to fight. He just won't. Right. You know, unless unless Dana does cough that bag up of a few million dollars, as if he was paying Connor or or Dustin Poirier. But to fight fucking, if Tank is not coming in and fighting a Connor, or he's not fighting somebody on Connor level, like far as popularity wise, I mean, the fight will never happen. It will never happen. So, I mean, this is all speculation and this is all us fantasizing, theorizing, but it will never happen. It's interesting that Tank said he would do it. So that's pretty cool. If you could do a little bit of fantasy booking for the future. But in real, realistically, he's not. He's going to stay safe where he's at, knock out more jobbers and cans for a few million dollars a pop. Could he be mad at him? No. He's in. He, that's the game that he was able to get into, and he's doing it well. Now, what fight? What weight class does he fight at? Like, like, like number wise. So, if we're comparing it to UFC, he'd he would be a bantamweight fighter. Yeah, so he can't fight Connor. He probably will fight. I would, ooh, I would assume he would fight somebody like Max. You know, probably the biggest name at featherweight. Uh, I don't think he'll fight Max Holloway, man, because Max Holloway would end up fighting somebody like Terrence Crawford or something like that. Mm. So, like, and Terrence Crawford is bigger than Tank. So I w- like weight wise. That's what right. I'm saying. And I think the, yeah, man. There's nobody at 135 that can really mix it up with Tank. I mean, that that could sell the pay-per-view. Exactly. That's There's what I'm nobody, thinking. Nobody in 135. You know, as nice as Piotr Jan is, <clears throat> who in an MMA fight could beat Tank, I don't think Piotr would beat Tank enough. If it's straight boxing belt, hell fucking hell. Yeah. Tank is, yeah, that motherfucker is nice. You gotta but, take his hat off. Yeah. <laughs> but what, um, if we're just talking strictly, but since we're just talking about just MMA, yeah, there's nobody 135 that can help sell a pay-per-view. That's going to really want to bring him over for a million-dollar pay-per-view. Now, if he bucks up to 145, which wouldn't be smart for him, you could probably get a pay-per-view with him and Max or a pay-per-view with him or um, maybe you could do him and Volkanovski because Volkanovski is the, like – He's been, but Volkanovski's not even a pay per view star himself. That's you know what, what I'm saying, saying? man. I think, so, what if they try to do um, him versus Jose Aldo at 145? Jose Aldo's not a pay per view star. As dominant as Jose was, he was never a pay per view champ, a pay per view guy. I'm telling you, okay. the only guy they could ever do for Tank to come over, and Tank would have to make that sacrifice, was be him and Max. That's the only pay per view that could do. And I'm telling you right now, for the risk, I don't see Tank doing that. He's not going to jump up 10 pounds and get into an MMA fight with one of the best MMA fighters. It just doesn't sound smart. It doesn't sound smart for him. Exactly. Because we all know Max Holloway is a smart guy. Yeah, Max Holloway, he'll play with fire a little bit. But, hey, I'm, since I can do it, I'm going to mix in these kicks because I can I can kick too. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm not great at shooting in for takedowns, but guess what? I have some mission wins on my record, so guess what I'm going to do? Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just fits me in this fight, and I can't do it, so I'm going to do it. Exactly. So, like I said, I don't think Tank is going to come over. There's nothing that really benefits benefit him coming over. You know what I mean? He definitely is not the size of Connor. We all see what Connor looks like now. So, 
he's not fighting at welterweight. You know, he's not exactly. He won't even go to lightweight, which is one fifty five in MMA. So, I I just don't see Tay coming over. And honestly, my advice to take is stay in boxing, man. Stay in boxing. Keep knocking out these guys. Get your two to three million dollar payday. Eventually, you you start to make more. I I could see Tay making ten million dollars at some point too. Just do that. Try to get all the belts. Chase all the belts and and stay over there. Because coming over here, man, you you're just facing a loss. Do you have any other words for the listeners? Um, I kind of talked a lot about the tank thing. Sorry, listeners, but no, the listeners got to suck it up. They they're here to listen to us, listeners. If we are long winded, you can let us know. Otherwise, listen to us and enjoy our voices. That's what we're here for. To talk forever. You're right. You're right. Get on your knees and pray to us. Yes. So we're we're like at our show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we can just summon you like that, and we don't have to really yeah. think about it. Yeah. But uh, no, I don't have anything. Um, everybody, stay off. Stay safe out there. As you know, there's a lot of trouble out there. Um, and enjoy your holiday shopping because I know there's people since things are open. Since things has been open for majority of this year. And people are definitely been out doing their thing. Holiday shop is about to be insane because those are people recouping from last year. So definitely be safe with that. In my opinion, order your shit online. And uh, that's that. We'll be here for episode 86. I think Spence will be back from his Antarctica trip. And we'll once again have all three of us on there. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, drink your water. Watch out for the Omicron. Watch out for the Delta. Watch out for, you know, the flu, just in general. Um, wash your hands. Don't be nasty, people, you know. Um, and enjoy your holidays and all the other good shit. 100%. So um, you've been highly advised. Episode 85. Um, make sure you listen to Sexually Active. <laughs> And us. Um, follow us, all that good stuff. If you didn't hear it, go back to the beginning. Well, I'll just say it now. Relax and Jackson. No G underscore Jackson. Uh, big Cozy, Too Cozy. Highly advised podcast here on YouTube. Highly advised podcast on Spotify and Apple. Highly advised podcast on Instagram. Advise highly on Twitter. You already know what the hell it is. You already know what the fuck it is. You already know who the fuck it is. You already know who the fuck we are. You already know what the fuck we do. Follow us. Chopaholics mixtapes. <laughs> You've been highly advised. Shasha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus.